Good morning. Y'all can go ahead and have a seat. Well, my name is John and serve as one of the pastors here and just thrilled that you have joined us in worship today. And um, it's going to be um, an exciting day. It's going to continue to be an exciting day. God's already done um, so much and just thankful to be able to be together. And this is kind of the, the weird part of the year, where, kind of the weird part of the week where um, you kind of forget what day it is, right? You just have, you've been eating a lot of probably cheese and cookies, and you're just kind of out of sorts a little bit. And so um, hopefully um, that you remembered that today was Sunday and you could come to church and um, be able to worship the Lord. And so I'm um, glad that you are here. And um, this is kind of one of those Sundays for probably most churches that um, and just really individuals in general that um, it's a good chance to be able to look back. It's a good chance to look um, back at this past year um, and kind of look at um, the Lord's faithfulness, look at um, what he's done in our lives. Um, obviously, we've already sung about that already. I'm talking about his faithfulness, talking about his goodness. And so um, really that's our, that's our hope today, and that's uh, my prayer is that's what will um, be accomplished today. I do want to mention this, that um, typically we have um, our prayer and worship service on the last Sunday of every month, um, but we are not doing that um, this Sunday. We're kind of taking this Sunday off, and so we'll pick back up with that um, in January. So if you're planning to come into that, just join us in January. Um, and so just enjoy this time um, just with some family and friends and um, as we get ready for um, the new year. And so today also we've got, we are joined with our first through fifth graders. And so um, we're very, very thankful for um, our Connection Kids ministry and just thought this was a good opportunity for them to come with us and um, be able to worship together and worship as a family. And so I'm um, very excited that y'all are here with us. Um, parents, I am 80% confident I'm not going to say anything you're going to have to explain or talk about later. So hopefully that will continue to be the case. Um, but really thankful that um, they are here with us. And so um, today um, I've got kind of two goals. There's two things that are going to happen in this message. And the first is that um, I want to spend kind of half of the message focused in on, on us as individuals, really looking back, um, or what are some things that we need to, to learn from this past year? What are some, um, some truths that I feel like we see in Scripture that maybe we need to apply to our lives as individuals? And I um, hope that it will um, apply to each one of you as, as individuals. And then I kind of want to shift gears, and I want to kind of speak to us um, as this body of believers right here and kind of have um, a look back at this year um, based off of um, specifically Connection Church. What is the the Lord done here at Connection Church, and what can we learn from that? What can we um, take away from that, and how will that affect how we approach 2020? You know, one of the things that um, you hear often is the, the phrase about hind, hindsight's always 2020, right? And the idea behind this is that as you look back at something, you're like, well, if I had only known this, I could have done that differently, right? And so uh, what I want us to do is as we look back at this last year, I want us to be able to, to learn from the things that maybe God has shown us. So that way it's going to give us the foresight into 2020 to be able to approach it from the right way. And so that's my hope today. That's my hope this morning. And so um, if you will, I want you to go ahead and turn to the book of Philippians. The book of Philippians, we're going to be in the first chapter of Philippians. If there's anybody that could get me a bottle of water, I would be greatly appreciative. Anybody that feels led to do that, that would be awesome. Um, but we're going to be in Philippians chapter 1. And as I was kind of looking at this, I feel like um, this section of Scripture, we're going to read about um, 14 verses in Philippians. Um, I felt like it was appropriate for um, where we are right now. Um, and it's appropriate to kind of um, lead into um, this new year. Um, the book of Philippians was written by the Apostle Paul. And this um, Philippi was the first church that he planted in Europe. And so he had a very close relationship with um, the people there and um, loved them very dearly. And so thank you, Nina. You're the best. Um, and so him writing them, 
Um, he's wanting to encourage them. He's wanting to kind of follow up with them and say, hey, hey I wanna, uh, I've spent time with you. You're growing in the gospel. You're growing in your understanding of things. And I just want to follow up with you. I want to encourage you. I want to continue to spur you on in your faith. And so I feel like it's appropriate for us to, to read this section as we end this year. It's almost Think about it as if Paul was writing us at the end of this year saying, look, I want to, to point some things out to you. I want to encourage you as you are kind of evaluating what all God's done in your life and you're thinking about what he's going to do in the future. I want to encourage you a little bit. I want to remind you of some things, and I want to kind of focus your attention. And so um, let's read this together, and then we'll pray, and then we will um, continue on. And so Philippians chapter 1, verse 1 says this. It says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all of God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you and all of my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have, have you in my heart and whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, and this is Paul writing this while he was in prison, he's saying that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear through the whole palace guard and everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of my brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Let's pray. Father, we thank you um, for this morning. God, we thank you for um, the opportunity to sing of your faithfulness, to sing of your goodness. God, I pray this morning that um, as we look back, um, we're reminded of those things in our life. We're reminded of how, um, how good you have been to us. God, how faithful you have been to us. Um, how far you've brought us um, to this point. God, I pray that um, this is a time of um, encouragement. It's a time as, uh, for us just to um, really think about, God, what is it that you desire for each one of us as individuals? What do you desire to do in and through us? Um, so, God, I just pray that you speak to us this morning, and we just lift all this up in your son's name. Amen. All right, so as I was thinking about this message um, I first started thinking about uh, my own life, right? This, um, again, at the end of the year, the start of the year, um, for many of us, um, it's the time we set goals. It's the time we kind of look back. And so I was looking back on my own life because I think sometimes it's easy for a year to kind of just all flow together, right? It's sometimes a year feels really long. Sometimes a year feels really short. Um, but oftentimes whatever takes place in that year kind of gets all grouped together. And so I thought, man, I, I really want to look back and I want to be, really want to think about what are all the things that hope that took place in this life for me? And so I thought back um, to the beginning of this year and um, I started off this year on January 9th. My um, second daughter, Adeline, was born. And so obviously that was a um, pretty big blessing, a pretty big um, change in our life that um, two kids definitely changes things. One kid changes things. I'm sure five kids changes things, but luckily for me, that will never happen. Um, but it was a big change for us and um, a, a, obviously an incredible blessing. We love um, her very dearly and um, definitely completed our family. But um, the other thing that um, I think I've mentioned to you all before is for the first six months of Adeline's life, she was just angry, right? She was just flat out 
angry. Like until she could start crawling and get where she wanted to get, she was just mad. And I joke about this, about how um, Olivia Sanhagen, our children's coordinator, she believes that all babies are just sweet baby angels. Here's the thing. That's a lie. All right. Because I had an angry baby angel. Right. And so it's one of those things that I'm like, man, I just, she just needed some time to adjust to this world. But uh, man, she's so, so sweet now. And so obviously huge blessing that we had in, in having this second child. And obviously the big defining moment of 2019, you know, really when I think about this year, that's always going to be something that I think about. Right. Then I, I came to this past summer and had the um, incredible opportunity to baptize my father. And so that was a huge blessing, an incredible thing that as I think back on 2019, obviously that's a, that's a pretty big thing. And then finishing out 2019, I'm um, getting to baptize um, my sister-in-law. And so, man, what incredible um, blessings to be able to see. And man, those are going to be things that as I think back to 2019, I'm like, man, how incredible was the Lord? How incredibly faithful um, was he? And, but then you know, we get to August of this year, and many of you know that uh, for the past couple of years, my um, oldest daughter, Harper, has suffered from seizures. And um, in, in August, um, we got the official diagnosis that she, um, in fact, has epilepsy. And so for us, um, that's been a, a pretty trying thing for us. That's been a, um, a pretty big stressor in our life. Um, it's caused anxiety. It's, it's, it's traumatically changed um, every aspect of our life. And what I realized is that, and as I've shared this with, um, with other people that I know love me and, and kind of um, pour into me, um, one of the things I've shared with them recently is um, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of, of that defining every aspect of my life, right? I feel like every aspect of my life goes, goes through the issue of what we're having to deal with with her. And maybe for you, there's something in your life. There's a, um, a bad circumstance, a situation, a, a sickness, an ailment, or whatever it may be that it's very easy for you to begin to look at your life, to look at everything through that lens, through that scenario, through that circumstance. And I'm like, I'm just kind of tired of, of that. Like, I don't want that to define every aspect of me. I don't want to look back on 2019 and go, oh, that's when we got that diagnosis, right? Because some incredible things took place in 2019. How do I shift my thought in this? And so then I go back to Philippians and I think about, man, what is Paul's perspective on things? How does he look at the situations in his life, right? And so let's think for, for a second as of Paul probably saw some incredible things happen in, in this, this year of his life. Maybe he saw churches planted. He probably saw people come to know the Lord. He probably saw people baptized. There were some incredible things just like I've experienced in my life. He saw some incredible things happen. However, he was also thrown into prison, right? He was like, and this is not just like a nice prison where like he gets to watch TV. This is not a, a good situation. And he looks at his situation. And at the end of that um, passage that we read, this is what he said. He says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me, him being in prison, actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. What I realize is Paul had this ability to look at every circumstance, to look at every situation through the lens of the gospel and go, how can this situation be used to advance the gospel? Now, I'm here to tell you that when I look at our situation with Harper, it's very hard for me to look at that and go, how can God be praised in this thing? How can the gospel be advanced in this thing? It's very hard for me to do that. I don't do that well. 
But man, what would it look like for me to have the same mindset of Paul right here to say, look, I'm gonna look at every situation and see how can God be glorified in this? And that's the thing, as I look back and I think back on this, um, this past year, man, I wanna begin working on that. I wanna begin striving for that. I realize that, look, in every, um, every um, whether it's a year or a week or a month or whatever, there's gonna be highs, there's gonna be lows, but how do we glorify the Lord? How do we see the goodness of God in every one of these things, right? It's not an easy thing, but I feel like it's a thing that we are called to. I feel like we should look at Paul's example in here and say, look, man, what could happen because of this? How can Harper's life, what she's gone through in her life, result in the gospel growing, result in people coming to know Jesus, that people becoming more confident in their own faith in light of how she responds to this situation and in light to how we respond to this situation? It's tough, but man, is that... Is that something I want to strive for? Is that something as I look back that I feel like maybe God's trying to press in me to grow in that? So as I look at this, I realize that as we look at any year, as I, as I look back, the other thing that I notice is that oftentimes you don't pick up on um, the growth that happens in your life. And, you know, and I picked up on this um, a couple months ago um, that we were, um, not we were, the the world, it seemed like, was doing that whole 10-year challenge on Facebook, right? Many of you, you probably went back 10 years ago, you found that photo of you 10 years ago, and you compared it to now, and it was incredibly embarrassing and funny and hilarious and all that stuff. And like, I thought, as you looked at that, you know, as you're getting older, you don't notice yourself getting older. You don't notice, you know, different things happening. As I um, was, as people were walking in the church this morning, my brother had the nice idea to point out the gray hair that's in my beard. And I was like, you're rude. And so, but like, it's one of the things that we don't pick up on those things, but it's only when we look back at pictures or we look back and we're like, man, I'm old. Man, things have happened because I think back 10 years ago, I'm like, that wasn't that long ago. Like, I don't feel like I was that much different 10 years ago than I am now, not just on, on physical appearance, but just in general, I don't feel like I'm that much different. And one of the things is that like, that I think about with that is that I look back and when I looked back, I didn't end up posting a photo, but I looked back at some of the things that I posted on social media 10 years ago. And when I looked back and I saw the things that I said, I'm like, man, I was a dork. Like, why did I say the things that I said? Like any of you, you ever look back at something you said or you look back at something that you did and you're like, why did I do that, right? Like it was just, it was really revealing that I'm like, man, maybe I have made some progress, right? I'm not where I wanna be, but maybe I'm a little bit further along than I was when I was 25 years old, right? Like I've realized that when I look back, I see I'm not the same person anymore. There has been some growth that has taken place. And I think that whether it's looking back 10 years or maybe it's even looking back to January 1st of this year, here's the first truth that I want us to grab a hold of as individuals. We are not what we once were, okay? We are not what we once were. You are not who you were on January 1st of this year, right? You've progressed. You've moved forward in your faith, right? And how, how do I know that? How do I know that to be true? Because it's a truth in Scripture. Let's go back to Philippians. In verse 3, he says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all of my prayers for you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Listen, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ 
Jesus. The foundation of spiritual growth is recognizing that it is God who began a good work in you and will bring it to completion. So how do I know that you are not where you were before? Because God says that he's going to continue this work in you. It wasn't just, hey, I'm going to save you and then I'm not going to do anything with you. He said, I'm going to save you and then we're going to go from here and we're going to, and I'm going to continue to grow you. I'm going to continue to mature you. I'm going to continue to change you from the inside out. But so often we don't pick up on that. We don't see all that God is doing in our lives. We miss it, right? Because we get so focused on our day-to-day. It's just like us aging. We don't pick up on it. We don't see the growth of how far we've come. I realized that where I was at the start of this year, that I'm further along now. Maybe not as far as I want to be, but man, God is doing something in me. Here's the thing is that as I look at that, as much as I don't pick up on it all the time and I don't notice the change that is occurring in me, one of the things I realize is that I want other people to see the change, right? I want other people to, to notice that I'm different, to notice that I don't do things the, the way that I used to. Like I, I, I want people, I expect people to be able to do that. And I remember when I was in college, uh, the first couple of years of college, I had just been a Christian for um, a couple of years at this point, And in college is where I really feel like um, my faith grew. I really feel like that's where um, uh, a lot of my faith um, kind of grew some roots. I began to understand more about um, what being a disciple really was and kind of growing in spiritual disciplines and growing in my understanding of Scripture and growing in my prayer life and had opportunities to be in ministry, opportunities to serve people. And so I feel like it was a time of, of um, extreme growth for me. Um, but what I realized is that when I went home to go see family or go to see um, friends that I grew up with is that um, they didn't always notice that change in me. And I realized a lot of times I continued to do the same things that I did when I was, um, when I was growing up. I didn't know how to be that different person, but I wanted them to see that I'm different. I want you to see that I'm not who I once was, but I didn't know how to communicate that. And I just, I wanted them to, um, to see that, that change in me. I was thinking about I wonder if, if Paul experienced that same thing because we know um, Paul used to be Saul and Saul um, was this persecutor of Christians. He put Christians to death. He put Christians in, in prison. He wasn't a good guy. And so um, when he had this, this conversion where he came to know Jesus, um, it took people a long time to kind of believe that what happened to, to Saul, what happened to Paul was actually true. And, and so in fact, when he came to faith, there was a lot of skepticism. There was a lot of people going, I don't know if I can buy in to, to what this Saul guy is saying. I just don't know if we can quite trust it. And so as he spent time with disciples and began growing and began um, doing more things for the kingdom, like he would go to, to meet up with other disciples and they're like, I don't know, can we trust this guy? Are you sure he's not, he's not trying to trick us in any of this thing? And like, there was this thing that people had a hard time seeing that in him. And I wonder how long that went on. I wonder how long Paul felt like he had to continue to prove himself. He had to continue to show, I'm not who I once was. There's another scripture that I want us to turn to. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This is a very familiar passage. Verse 5, um, excuse me, chapter 5, verse 16 and 17. And it says this, it says, So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once were um, regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. I wonder if the, one of the reasons Paul is saying this is because how many times he had to try to show that to other people. It's like, I'm not the same person that I used to be. The old is gone. The new is here. I'm a new creation. I desire you to see me in that way. 
And what I felt like as I was thinking about this and I was thinking about my desire to, to want people to see me that, that way because I think about in my life there's been times where I haven't gotten it right. There's been times that I've um, presented things poorly or said things wrong and just um, didn't communicate this, myself the way that I desired. And um, I needed people to kind of speak into me, speak truth into me, to say, hey, there's some things you probably need to know. And I try to work on those things. And I try to grow in those things. But there's times that I just feel like people still look at me the way that I was two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago whatever it may be. And I'm like, I want you to see this. And as I was thinking about this and I was going, God, I want people to see that. What hit me was how willing am I, do, am I to do that to other people? How willing am I, am I to look at other people and say, they're not who they once were? That if, if there's a truth that we aren't who we once were, that, that God is doing something in us, then chances are God's doing the same thing in other people. And am I affording other people the same thing that I desire for myself? If I want other people to see me for where I feel like I am with the Lord, that, that I need to be able to do that with other people. Just like we see in 2 Corinthians, it says we can't regard anybody from a worldly perspective. We can't look at who people once were. Can we see Christ in them? Can we see them from God's perspective? I realize in, in all of that, that that's not just something that happens overnight, that there's obviously a time that you want to see fruit in somebody's life. Obviously, Paul spent a lot of time with the disciples as he began um, becoming more and more spiritually mature, as he began growing. And um, obviously, that, that took time to, to develop all that before he really um, went full speed ahead in, in ministry. And so obviously, there was a testing period in that. And for many of us, like as we approach other people, we want to be able to see that. You want to be able to see the fruit in people's lives. But man, what would it look like if we began to view people from that mindset? We said, look, I'm going to choose to look at you not for who you once were, but who I see God making you to be right now. Because here's the thing that God, in us becoming more spiritually mature, it's, that's rooted in what God obviously has done in our life, at that point of salvation, but it's also in what he's currently doing and what he's going to do. And so what does it look like for us to, to view people through that same mindset, to look at people the way that Christ sees them. He sees that, that, he's not, that, that people aren't who they once were. And man, I just feel like, what does it look like when we grab a hold of that? And so what does it look like for us to really grab a hold of that truth that if we weren't who we once were, then that means that other people aren't who they once were. And man, how would that change how we approach people? How would that change if we actually erred on the side of grace with people, didn't think the worst of people immediately, but began looking at people through that same lens. Back in Philippians, it says, and this is my prayer in verse 9, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. And what I think about that is that as we approach others, as we look and see Christ in other people, there is a level of discernment. There is a level that, um, I, that as we love people, that we can have the insight to know and to try to, to see what is it that you're doing in somebody's life? And I just feel like as I thought about this message and I thought about us looking back and thinking about all, how far we've come and thinking about how that should also play into how far other people have come, I felt like the reason that, I, that, that, that was so important for us today is because I think the more confident we are in that identity, right, in that identity of who Christ has called us to be, who we actually are, as Christ followers, and the fact that the old is gone and the new has come, the more confident we can become in, in that, two things result in that. Confidence in our identity results in urgency and purpose, right? Confidence in 
Our identity in Christ results in urgency and purpose. Because when we recognize that God is doing something in our lives, that we are not who we once were, that God is maturing us, is growing us for a purpose, that the reason he's doing that, the reason he's growing us is because he has a plan for us. He wants to use us. He wants to use us in this kingdom that when we recognize that, when we recognize that the God of the universe says, hey, I want to use you, John, there should be an urgency that results from that. I could go, oh my gosh, that God wants to use me? Well, I better, I better get started. What, what do I have to do? Because God, God of the universe is wanting to use me. That should create a sense of urgency in us. This should give us a sense of purpose to say, man, that I was created for a reason. God wants to use the way that I was created, the way that he's maturing me, that he's growing me, that look, I might not be where I wanna be, but where I'm at right now, God has me here for a reason. I've been promised that he's gonna continue to grow me because God's word says that he who began a good work in me will carry it on to completion. I know he's gonna carry me on to completion. I know that, that he's gonna continue to grow me. So man, if he wants to, to do this, and obviously he wants to use me, man, that gives us incredible purpose. That gives us incredible urgency. And I feel like the more we grab a hold of that, the more we're able to look back and say, look at everything God has done this past year to get us to this point. Man, what type of um, passion should that give us for this next year to say, look, he brought me to this point so that moving forward, I can accomplish this or that or whatever that is for you that only God can reveal to you that You've been brought to this point on this very day, on December 29th of 2019, because God wants to accomplish something in you in 2020 and 21 and however long you continue to have breath in your lungs. Man, what does it look like for us to have that type of confidence in our identity that God is not done with us and how far we have come in our faith, whether we recognize it or not? And so today, that's my... Um, that's my encouragement for us as individuals. That's my, that's my hope as you look back on um, your life over this past um, year or so that I encourage you to, um, to think about what are those defining moments of this past year? What are those things that God has grown you in and why has he grown you in those things? What does he want to ultimately use you in? I, I encourage you um, to continue, continue to read the rest of Philippians. It's a very encouraging book um, of scripture. And so I encourage you to go back and see what are the other things that Paul encourages this church with. And, and I, I pray that that's, um, as, as you think to, of God's faithfulness in your life and how far he's brought you, um, that that'll give you incredible, um, really foresight to be able to enter into 2020 with passion and with zeal and with purpose. And, uh, and what better thing to go into a new year than with purpose, than with zeal, than with passion. And so I encourage you um, to be able to do that. Um, now I want to shift gears a little bit, right? And I want to kind of intentionally shift gears. And so hopefully me sitting down will kind of calm me down just a little bit. But like, here's what I want us to do. This would be, if we were a business or we were a big or corporation, um, you would have um, these things called shareholder meetings, right? Where you would get everybody together and say, here's where we're at. Here's what's, what's been going on. That's kind of what I want to do today. I kind of want to speak to us as all members of Connection Church saying, hey, we're this body of believers and where are we at today? As we look back over this past year of Connection Church or even this past 10 years of Connection Church, what are the things that we need to learn and what, how is that gonna lead us into this next year? Um, what are the things that we just need to pick up on and, um, and really think about? And so um, that's what I wanna wanna do for the rest of our time. We've got about 20 minutes and that's what we'll spend the rest of our time with. And so um, at the start of this year, um, we had a staff meeting and we were all together and thinking about this next year. And one of the themes that came up from this meeting is we had this sense that we felt like God was gonna do more this year 
than any other year at Connection Church. And I don't know why we felt that. Maybe we um, had too much candy the night before or whatever it may be, but we, there just seemed to be this theme amongst all of our staff. We're like, we just feel like something's, something's coming. We don't know what it is, but man, we feel like he's gonna do something, right? Well, we got to the end of this year and we had another staff meeting and we're going, we kind of had to ask the question and uh, did that happen? Did we see God do more this year than any other year? And so typically, you know, as you look back on this, this past year that most churches, there's certain numbers that you kind of look at is to kind of see what all God did. And um, I have some of those numbers that I kind of want to look at and be able to celebrate kind of what all um, God did do. Um, but here are some of the things that um, we saw this year. We saw um, 25 people um, surrender their lives to Jesus um, and accept salvation. We saw 56 people um, publicly profess their faith through baptism. We saw 123 people um, sign up for connect groups, want to get into community. We saw 42 people say, I want to get involved with, with serving here at the church. We saw 327 people um, that were first-time guests here at this church. And we saw 321 first-time guest kids, a lot of um, kids coming in these doors of this church. We saw 132 people that gave for the first time to this church and said, well, I want to make generosity something um, that defines this year. And so they took that step of obedience. We saw 313 kids walk through these doors for Vacation Bible School with 140 volunteers serving these kids. Um, we saw 45 um, baby dedications, which to me, I'm like, y'all need to calm down. Like, I don't know what, y'all need to get some hobbies or something. Um, I realized I didn't really help that this year. Um, but um, obviously y'all y'all been busy. Um, and then we had $115,000 given um, to one in one where people decided I'm gonna give above and beyond my offering to be able to uh, to give towards this initiative, be able to to um, put send money right back out of these walls to where we can um, pour into this community and pour into uh, really the ends of this earth. And I look at all of that stuff and I'm like, man, that's pretty incredible, right? That's pretty awesome to see God's faithfulness in those things, right? Yeah, we, we can clap. But see, here's the thing that as we looked at that, one of the things that we did is that as we compare that to some of the other years here at this church, many of those numbers are lower than they've ever been any other year at this church. And so we thought about that. We're like, did we get something wrong? Did, did God not move as much as he has in years past? Did, you, did, we, did we miss this idea that God was going to do more than we ever thought? And see, here's the thing. At the start of this year, uh, we made a decision. And we said, when we looked at these numbers that I just kind of talked about, and whether it's these numbers or attendance numbers, when we looked at them, we said, how many of these things can we ultimately control? None of them. We and of ourselves, we can't control these numbers. We can't force somebody into salvation, right? Only the Holy Spirit can lead somebody to that point. And we realize with every single one of these, do we have a responsibility to present the gospel in the in most clear way and to try to create environments where it's um, people can grow in their faith and they can take next steps and they understand and, and grow in their understanding of, of generosity and they can um, obviously have um, the opportunity to invite people. Obviously, like we want to be able to do those things, but ultimately we can't control any of those things. And so, I really, so we made a decision. Most churches, every week, they look at those numbers. They say, well, what was our attendance numbers? Do we have any salvations? Do we have any baptisms? Um, I don't know why I said it in that tone, but whatever, baptisms. Um, but like, and then what we do is we compare it to the year past. And we said, well, are we on, on track with where we were before? And we said, that's not, that's not good. That's not what we feel like we're supposed to do as Christians because 
We can't control these things. And what, what I realize is that's a dangerous path to go down when you begin comparing things like salvation. So, so we made a decision. We're like, we're not going to look at this stuff anymore. This isn't going to define if we had a good week or we had a bad week of whether God was faithful in that week. Right? We weren't going to allow these numbers to dictate that. And because at the end of the day, when you look at this, of regardless of how many salvations we had last year or any other year, we had 25 people whose lives, whose eternities were forever changed this year. 25 people, eternities changed, yes. Like, that's awesome. There's nothing I should compare that to. When I said this at nine o'clock, I got an email um, not long after the service that says, I enjoyed your message this morning. I think they were just being nice. They said, they just, I just wanted to emphasize the point you made about the importance of those 25 salvations. One of them was my oldest son's girlfriend who will soon become my daughter-in-law in a couple months. Likely, she will someday be, soon become the mother of my grandchildren. Her salvation made a huge difference in our salvation. So for that family, that number one was pretty darn important, right? And I'm not gonna compare that one to any other year. I'm gonna celebrate what God did in that person's life. And so for these things, we're gonna, whatever God chooses to bless us with, we're going to blow the roof off in praise for those things. It's not gonna become a comparison. That's something we felt like the Lord really guided us in. And I'm so thankful that we don't have to live and breathe by, by those things. We can just celebrate what God's doing. And so I looked at that. So if that's typically what churches use to determine um, how much God is moving. And we're saying maybe that's not the best indicator. Maybe is that a factor? Sure. Is, but is that, is that what we should really look at? What should we look at? And so I realized we probably need to dig a little bit deeper into things that you can't really put on a spreadsheet, right? And so I want to um, look back and say, what, what all did God do this year? What are the things that God did this year that if we weren't careful, just like me looking back on my own individual life, I would have missed and I would have forgotten about what are the things that he did. We started this year and um, we began doing these things called prayer and worship nights. And it was things that we did um, every single Sunday night. And it was something where we said, um, this was another thing that it wasn't a hugely attended service, but it was something we said, man, as a church, we recognize that if God is gonna move, it's gonna start with prayer. That if, we, if prayer is not the beginning of everything we do, then we're saying we can do this in our own effort. And as a church, we've got to shift in that. And so we decided we're going to have these nights where we come together and we're going to do two things. We're going to pray and we're going to worship. We have no other agenda planned, right? It's not going to be fancy. It's not going to um, have bells and whistles. It's just going to be, we're going to press in to the Lord. And we felt like as a church, this has to be important. Our church has got to be a praying church. And what we recognized, we saw so many of you that came and were a part of those times or just prayer in your everyday life began to shift and beginning to increase and you realized that, man, what God was doing through your prayer life. And so we realized that, man, there was incredible growth that took place um, just in the idea and the concept of prayer as a church. At the start of the year as well, um, we saw three of our campuses um, roll off and become fully autonomous churches. We have one more um, campus, um, our Savannah campus will roll off at the start of next year, um, as in the next couple months, uh, to be fully autonomous on their own. But we felt like um, at the end of 2018 that God was just kind of leading us. Of, we've had these campuses and they've um, obviously they have their own pastors and their own leadership teams, but they were still under the umbrella of Connection Church. We still um, kind of operated all together. And we said, man, 
what would it look like for them to, um, kind of like the baby bird kind of leap in the nest, of them to begin to operate fully independent of us, where they take everything that they've learned, everything they've been equipped in, and that they begin doing and listening to God and doing what God's saying in their community. And we just felt like that was the thing that God was leading us in. And we felt like we could do so much more if this took place. You know, over the course of four years, we planted a church every single year. And for many of you, you know, that was a pretty crazy time, right? There was a lot happening when all that was taking place. But when you look at that, um, we could only plant one church at a time, right? Because that, that church kind of got planted out of, out of the states for a campus, right? Here's the thing that happens when we are a, a network of churches. Instead of us being one church in many locations, when we are many churches all collectively together, Technically, every one of those churches could raise up a pastor, could raise up a team that could go and then plant another church. So instead of five churches planting one church at a time or five campuses planting one church at a time, what would it look like if we had five churches that could plant five churches at a time and then those churches could plant more? Obviously, we could do a whole lot more with each one of them having their own um, autonomy, their own ability to listen to God and do what he says. And so we felt like, man, this is a shift that has to take place. And we saw incredible growth happen in, in the development of these people at these campuses. We saw um, these churches do things that they never would have been able to do had they been kind of under the, the full umbrella of us. And so it was this incredible thing where I think it almost seems like that took place a long time ago, but that was this year. That took place in this year, and we saw... And we are continuing to see God continue to do more and more things through that. On March 10th of this year, um, we didn't have the name for this event, so we just called it March 10th. But it was a chance where um, we invited people on a Sunday night to say, we're going to look at two things. We're going to unpack um, people's personality traits. And so we took, gave everybody kind of a survey that kind of gave them an assessment of those things that, um, that we um, that are kind of set by the time we're five and six years old. The way that we are wired, our personality, our traits, just who we are. How, how can we discover that, really understand why are we the way that we are, and how does that pair with our spiritual gifts? How does it pair with the way, the things that God has equipped us and the things that God has um, put in us? How do we look at both of those things? And ultimately, the better we understand those things, the better we can recognize maybe what God wants to do in and through us. And so we said, man, let's come together. Um, let's talk about these things. Let's unpack this. We want to help you understand yourself better and then pair that with um, your spiritual gifts. And we assumed that oftentimes your personality and who you were and the way that you were wired, that was going to pair up very well with your spiritual gift. And what we noticed is that some of the time that was true. Some of the times we saw um, people's personality traits match up very well with their spiritual gifts and it almost accentuated those spiritual gifts. But more often than not, we saw that who somebody was personality-wise was completely different than the spiritual gift that they had. And what we felt like the reason that might have been is that that gives it to where whenever we are being used by God, our spiritual gift is being used we can't take credit for that, right? If we could have done that in our own effort, we would have, right? And so it was something that we realized that maybe there's a reason that so often you don't see those things paired up because it doesn't give us a chance to try to take credit for something. And we get to see that only God could have done this in us. The point of having that event was to say, we didn't know what was to come of that. We just felt like as a church, we feel like people need to begin to discover what does God want to do in and through me? We felt like as a church, something was beginning to shift where that needed to become a bigger focus. We wanted every single person out here to go, how, could, how does God want to use me? How do I discover that more fully? 
One of the things that came from this as well is we had, um, we kind of shifted and began trying to share more stories with you. And so you saw that through videos, you saw that um, through um, social media posts, you saw it through the way that we changed up baptism. We're just like we did with Heather today. Instead of having one baptism after another, we decided to slow down and do uh, more of them on a more frequent basis. So we had the opportunity to be able to hear from somebody and hear what is God doing in somebody's life. The reason that Heather had the confidence to finally get baptized was because somebody else was getting baptized and they shared a story very similar to Heather's. And she said, if that person can do it, maybe it's time for me to be able to do that. It wasn't because a pastor encouraged her to do that. It wasn't because um, of anything. It was because of somebody was sharing their story of what God was doing in and through them. And because of that, it led to her taking a step in her own life. What we realized is that the point of sharing these stories is that we wanted people to realize that God speaks to um, more not just the pastor, right? God speaks to every one of us and we want to be able to hear from each other. I remember there was a time that I was back in one of the Connection Kids rooms and I was just asking them so I could kind of gather more stories. What's God showing you right now? What's he teaching you right now? And they very quickly began sharing some things. And what was so cool is that you, you heard this kind of thing as one person shared, they're like, man, that's where I'm at. And I'm so glad you shared that because that's the thing I needed to hear, right? And it wasn't because they heard it in the message. It was because someone that they were serving with started sharing their heart about what God was showing them. It wasn't anything super spiritual. It wasn't anything super complex. It was just a simple truth that God was showing them. And them sharing that was an encouragement to other people. And we realized the impact that can happen when we begin sharing what God's showing us, man, how much that can spur on other believers. And we said, man, we've got to we got to be more intentional with that. we got to have opportunities where we can share these stories. Then we began, as we kind of eased into the summer, we realized and kind of presented that we feel like things are shifting at Connection Church. For the first 10 years, we talked about how we were laser focused on connecting people to a growing relationship with Jesus or connecting unbelievers to God and believers to each other. And we felt like, man, it was so important just to connect people to Jesus and connect people to each other. And what we realized is that that was absolutely important and that was absolutely effective. But God was beginning to, to, to steer us in a different direction. And it wasn't that we got it wrong. It was just incomplete. And what we realized and what we felt like God was leading us in is, We've been connecting people for 10 years. Now we need to start preparing and equipping those people. Now we take those people that have accepted Jesus, that are now in community, let's come alongside them. Let's prepare them and equip them to be able to go and do God's work in this world, to be able to go do ministry on, the, on their own. So it goes back to that whole March 10th thing of people discovering what does God want to do in and through me. You're beginning to see that maybe there's a reason that we did that is because we want to get more people in this. We want to begin preparing more people so that more people recognize that they are ministers of the gospel, right? And so that leads us into this, this shift as, as a church where we presented two goals to you. And we said that, look, we want to move from this, this pastoral, this dependency model, this um, broken system that many of y'all have heard um, time and time again, where we looked at how so often churches are set up and they're built upon where you've got the pastor and then you've got the staff, and then you have all the people up above that. And it just becomes very lopsided. And you've got a very few amount of people trying to um, equip and trying to raise up um, um, a lot more people. And so that's really tough for that to take place. And so what staffs do, what pastors do is they create programs and they create functions to hopefully try to funnel these people through. And hopefully through that, people will become spiritually mature. And what we realize is that that's probably not the most effective thing. And that's probably, or not probably, that's not really what the Bible says that we we're called to do. And what we recognized is that more of us need to be involved in that process of equipping people, of preparing people. And it's not just pastors, it's not just paid staff, 
that are called to do that. And many of you are called to come alongside and to equip and to prepare people. And that we all have a role to play in this kingdom. And so we said, look, we need to move from that kind of dependency model where it all depends on a pastor. The way that I'm fed, the way that I'm, I'm raised up is by somebody else pouring into me. Is Maybe I can take some things into my own hands. Maybe other people in the church have opportunities to come alongside and to pour into people. And so we need to shift and we need to begin doing things that's going to create the best environment for that to take place. We set another goal saying we want to focus on raising people to spiritual maturity. Like how, how do we take people from being spiritual infants, right, really where we just come to faith and we're trying to figure things out? How do we get to the point that we can actually see that people begin feeding themselves? They can really begin growing in their faith and they don't um, continue to say, stay the same way that they've always stayed. That's just what I shared earlier at the beginning of this message. That's why I think it's so, so important for us to realize how far we've come because if we, the more we recognize that, the more we can take um, our faith continually into our own hands because we can say, wow, maybe I am further along than I thought that I was and maybe I can actually do more than I thought that I can do. And so this led us um, it's on here somewhere, where in August we presented this whole idea of DIY to you. And many of you remember us talking about this, but what does DIY stand for? It stands for do it yourself. And what we wanted you to recognize is that you have the ability to hear from God. You have the ability to open Scripture and to see how it applies to your life. It doesn't mean we don't gather environments like this and hear from somebody and, and talk from people that maybe are further along um, than us, or maybe they're not further along than us. They're just trying to preach the Scripture, the best possible day, way they know how, that's where I think many of you are much further along than I am, but it just happens that I'm just teaching from Scripture today. But like we said, man, we want you to understand that like you have the ability to do this and we want to push you all in this. So we want to change the way we approach Sunday mornings, that when we walk in these doors, we're not just walking into these doors to hear a message, feel good about things, and then carry on with our, with our week. When we walk in these doors, it's time to study. It's time to dig into our faith and say, how can I... How can I be grown in my faith? And so we encourage you, when you come in these doors, pick up one of these note cards that we have on those tables out there. Grab a pen, take some notes. And here's how we want you to take notes. We want you to write down what are the scriptures that we're talking about? What are the important, um, important points that um, the, the pastor or whoever's speaking is sharing? What are the things that as I'm hearing this, um, we use the language of like, what am I breathing in? What are the things that as I'm hearing all of this, what am I digesting? What are the things I'm taking in that God's speaking to me that as I'm hearing that, I'm like, man, that's good. That's something I gotta think about. That's something I gotta process about. And then ultimately, what are we now breathing out through that message? So as I hear all of these things, what are the actionable steps I need to do? I, how do I take this message and actually do something with it? And those are the things that we were challenging you with is, man, change the way that you approach Sunday morning, where you approach it to say, I'm here to actually get something. It's one of the reasons that oftentimes you actually don't see scripture on the screens because we're like, we want you bringing your Bible, right? We don't want you just looking up there in the Bible. We want you to open and turn the page and feel these pages and see the words that we're, that we're reading, because after you come here and after you hear this message, we don't want you to just take this note, put it in your Bible, and never look at it again. We want you to go back and dig into Scripture yourself. And so that led us to the second section of DIY, which is the study section, where we said, we don't want you to believe something just because somebody on this stage, stage told you to believe it. We want you to open Scripture and say, what does it say? When John was up there, he was unpacking Philippians, and that's kind of what he said. But man, I, when I read it, I felt like God was showing me this. And it might be different. It might be the same. Hopefully I didn't say anything that was un unbiblical, but hopefully like as you look at it, maybe you, God can speak something to you. And so we want you to be able to do that. And we want you to be able to ask some questions of as you're looking at scripture and um, we gave out um, these bookmarks and we've talked about these four questions over and over again of who is God? Who am I? What has God done? Who have I become? As, as you read scripture, asking yourself those questions, 
over and over again, because you can ask that question, those four questions about any scripture that you read. Who do I see God to be in this scripture? Who's, what's his character? What does it tell me about his faithfulness? Who am I in this? What does it reveal about my own sin nature? What does it reveal about how far I've come? What does it just reveal about me? What has God done? What does this scripture reveal about what God has done for me? How does that lead me to a sense of praise because of what God has done for me? And ultimately, how am I different now? What have I become in light of what Jesus did for me? How am I different now? And asking yourself that over and no matter what scripture you read, and asking yourself that question and taking those notes. And then not stopping there either. Then taking all of that thing, all of those notes that you took of what God is speaking to you, then going to like something like a connect group or a small group and saying, where everybody is bringing in what God had shown them. They're saying, hey, here's the message. Here's the scriptures that we talked about. Let's all share this. Let's mutually disciple one another, right? Not, I'm not going to rely on a connect group leader to disciple me. We're all going to bring things to the table. And we said, look, we want to ask every single person out here, we want you to raise the bar a little bit in us digging in. One of the things that I saw is that we've gone through a lot more pens than we used to. My pen budget has been blown out of the water, right? That's okay, all right? I'm okay spending a little bit more money on pens because of what I'm seeing is that y'all are taking notes. I'm seeing that y'all are beginning to think about these things. You're beginning to chew on this stuff. You're beginning to grow in what God wants to grow you in. I'm about out of time. But like we saw this incredible thing take place. We, we've, um, one of the things we'll talk about in the next couple months is some things that we've asked our connect group leaders to do where we've realized in this discipleship um, maybe best occurs um, a few at a time. That one-on-one's great, having a small group's great, but when you're around three to four other people, uh, it's, it's almost an area that, that can flourish. And so we've been asking them to begin meeting with one another. So instead of them coming and hearing from a discipleship pastor and getting poured into by one person, we're asking them, we want you to pour into each other. We want you to equip each other, to raise each other up to help each other along in your faith. And it's something that we're calling them to something deeper than that. Our staff has gone through some um, extended development time on Monday mornings where we said, look, um, we, we want to, if we were trying to raise other people to spiritual maturity, that we as staff should probably press in a little bit harder than we've been pressing in in the past. Over the past six months, we've gone through all these clear call series, right? Maybe you're tired of um, that whole series, but we felt like we need to right the ship a little bit. We need to make sure if we are going to prepare people, if we're going to turn things, if we're going to begin getting people to understand the role that they play in this kingdom, there should be some things that we better have figured out. And we felt like there was four things that people should have figured out and we should have a very clear understanding of. We felt like we needed to have a clear understanding of what does it mean to follow Jesus? Do we understand, is it worth following Jesus? Right? Is it worth it? Do we understand the implications of following Jesus? And maybe we've been following Jesus for a long time, but as we went through that, what we saw is we saw so many of you begin to chew on things and begin to say, maybe God is calling me to something greater than I ever imagined in the past. We realized we needed to grow in our understanding of our fullness in Jesus, our identity, everything I talked about at the start of this message, that we are not who we once were, that God is doing something in us. And the more we understand that, the more we understand what he's done in us, the more we understand that we are new creations, the greater confidence it brings to us, which gives us the ability to carry out God's purposes in our life which leads us to having a better understanding of what our role as the body of Christ is, this body of Christ, why we gather together, what our role is as the bride of Christ, that we better understand what that means. And then ultimately, how do we take all of that and carry it into this world to take this mission, to take Jesus' mission with us no matter where we go? 
and to operate with forgiveness with people, to see God's plan of reconciliation to fill this entire world, that we better have an understanding of the responsibility as Christians that we have in those things. So I look at all of that that we accomplished this past year, and there's tons more that took place. There's so many other things that God did. When I look at at that and I look at where God brought us from January 1 to now, I go, God did more this year than any other year at Connection Church. He has grown us. He has matured us. And here's what I believe. And this is just John's belief. It's not a thus says the Lord or anything like that. I believe 2020 is going to be the time that we're going to see the rubber kind of meet the road, right? We're going to take everything that we took in 2019, all of the equipping, which is not stopped. We continue to grow in these things. We have to continue to be developed in these things. But one of the things that we recognize is we've, we've been very intentional with, with pushing on y'all a little bit harder and saying, Every one of us has a role to play. Every one of us needs to dig in. Every one of us needs to take our faith into our own hands because we have a role to play in the kingdom, right? And we got to make sure we understand this. We got to make sure we understand this responsibility. Now that we've done that, now that we know where we're going, now that we've realigned things, now that we are, have such intentionality that we're going to continue to prepare people, we're going to continue to come alongside people so that ultimately they can go and do God's work in this world, it means that now we have to get after it. Now we actually have to do something with everything that we've been equipped with, right? If you've been here for the past year, you've been under this teaching, you've been hearing these things, you know you have a role to play. Just like Heather talked about before, she said, I put off for so long what God was calling me to do. I don't want to see that be what happens to us. The way that we see God do, you know, the, some of the other things that when we saw God do incredible things, we were seeing all this growth and attendance and all these other things. The reason that happened is there was, a, um, there was an excitement in what God was doing at Connection Church. But so often we pointed that towards Brandon or towards the band or towards the other things. We said, you need to come and see what God's doing in this person or in this group of people. What I think is going to happen now is we, I think we're all going to begin to pick up on what God is doing in each one of you. And the exciting thing is come look at what God's doing in all of God's people, not just a pastor, not just a Sunday service, but this group of believers that's, at, that's called Connection Church, God's doing something and you gotta come see it. You gotta come see it. And, and you know what? You don't even have to come see it because our people are gonna come to you, right? Because they're gonna be used by you. They're gonna be equipped by you and they're gonna know exactly the role that they have to play to take God's love into this world. And so here's the thing. As we start off this new year, we're going to start a new series in January. It's going to be called Traction. How do we do this, right? If the rubber meets the road in 2020, how do we not just spin our wheels? How do we actually gain some traction, both as a church and as individuals? How do we gain traction individually in our personal walk with the Lord? What are things that are going to enable that to happen? And as a church, how do we structure things in a way to where we can take ground, right? Just as Brandon talks about that all the time, taking ground for the Lord, right? Renewing God's earth with his glory. How do we do that? What is, how is that best going to operate? And man, I don't know about you. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what God's going to do. I'm excited to see how is gonna ta- God going to take everything that's happened in 2019 and use it to dramatically change what 2020 is going to look like. So I'm excited to see what God's going to do in each one of you as individuals. He's got a plan for you. He is bringing you, and he's going to continue to bring you to completion and make you more and more like Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. God, we're thankful for this opportunity to gather in your name. God, I pray as we think back to this past year, God, that we were reminded of your faithfulness. We were reminded of your goodness. 
And God, we remember and we realize that, God, you have brought us to this point. We are not who we once were. You have made us a new creation. If we have put our faith and our hope and our trust in you, then it says that the old is gone and that the new has come. And God, I pray that people recognize that and they recognize the role that you have for them. They recognize their identity in you, that you have a plan for them, God, you have a purpose for them, that they have a role to play in the gospel and the kingdom, that they are a part of this body, and that, God, they are a minister of the gospel, not because they are a paid staff, but because, God, you are wanting to do something specific through them, and you are equipping them for that purpose. And I pray that every one of us grab a hold of that. And if we grab a hold of that, what sense of urgency and purpose should that create in our lives? God, if there's any person in this room today that, God, they have not had that moment. They've not had that moment where they have surrendered to you, and they're unashamed unaware of what their purpose is in you, that God, I pray that they come and speak to somebody and they have the moment that they can surrender their life to you and they can recognize that you have a plan for them, that you want to grow them, you want to change them, that they don't have to continue to, to be who they always have been. So God, we love you so much and we thank you for this opportunity um, to worship you and to praise you. Uh, God, we pray that you do exceedingly more than we could think, and, think or imagine in 2020. We love you, God, and we praise you. We'll lift all this up in your son's name. Amen. Well, church, thank you all so much for being here. Have an awesome new year. Be safe, and we'll see you next year.